freedom and censorship can't exist in the same world. And that's true whether it's the government or private corporations who do the censoring. Hi, I'm Ron Coleman, and welcome to the Coleman Nation podcast. It's a show where I sit down with guests to discuss the future of free expression and thought in our interconnected world. Here, we will focus on issues involving social media, cancel culture, and free expression that everybody who cares about ideas or freedom should be wrestling with. Hello, culminators. Got a very interesting guest today. I always tell you that uh, I'm excited because I'm finally getting to speak for what, for what more or less passes for face-to-face with somebody that I've known for years on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Dolan is someone I've known on Twitter for not as long, and I didn't know his real name. And I don't know much about him. I didn't know much about him until he started pitching me to get to know me better and to help him spread the word about something he's doing. He started a group called Exit Group, the Exit Group. And it's meant to be basically be a, a new network, a replacement network, or a new concept in networking for people who no longer want to be subject to doxing and cancellation. Uh, and it seems to be in its very early stages, and it seems to be something that he's put a lot of thought into. He's had his own experiences that, uh, in, in getting here, as you might imagine. And uh, he and I did have a chance to speak a little bit before we recorded this, <laughs> um, to put it to, to put it one way. Uh, but we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him in this case to um, do most of the talking at the outset, and I will interrupt him as I see fit, being the pushy Jew from New York and the host. Um, I think I think culminators will agree. I don't. I'm not too bad at talking over the host. I think Mrs. C was not too happy with some of my earlier. Uh, interviews that she thought I was a little bit, I wasn't listening enough. That, that's an issue, it's an issue with, for people with ADD, but that's a different podcast. Kevin, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Tell us your story. Great to be here. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about um, what we're doing. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Um, so Exit is a fraternal organization dedicated to being robust to any form of, of bureaucratic or institutional or corporate coercion. So it, uh, it's primarily about um, professional networking, but we also are involved in, if you want to get independent from the financial system and learn how to use crypto, if you want to homeschool your kids, if you want to learn how to buy a beef cow and have it butchered and you know, freeze it, and if you want to uh, have a milk cow or chickens. So it's, there's a whole gamut of things. Um, I actually just, just I had a conversation with a friend of ours that uh, does solar panels and, and keeps them off the grid so that you're not connected to that system. You saw in California, they just had this, uh, they announced that they're going to charge more grid fees to give the power back to the grid if you've got solar panels. And so uh, just that kind of bureaucratic um, screwing with people, I think is a good word for it. Um, that That's we want a, that is not... A word you could use. There might even be a, a, a more pungent word, but I do think you said that you are a Latter-day Saint, so I'm not surprised that you didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, but but it's that kind of it's that kind of uh, interference, let's say, 
yes. um, that we're trying to help people avoid. Um, and and it's it's definitely focused on professional uh, independence because that's the that's the primary tool that I think people use to coerce uh, speech they don't like, um, attitudes they don't like, and so um, and people they don't like, and people they don't like. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, it's almost never one thing I've never seen in my experience observing a cancellation or, you know, uh, an attempt to get somebody deplatformed um, is any attempt by the offended parties or not, they're not really offended by the bullies who are trying to get people deplatformed is any attempt to either listen to the person that they've decided they hate or consider accepting an apology from him because or her because maybe maybe he or she regrets what they think he said the person is targeted the decision is made and the the onslaught will will not turn no quarter will be taken well not only i mean not only is an apology not solicited uh, apologies tend to be punished they tend to be they tend to uh deepen the crisis and make things worse um, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate because I think everybody, you know, if, if you're, if you're of a certain generation and you've, and you've done most of your like growing up on the internet, you've said things that you wish you hadn't. And I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. And it just, it was never, um, it was never etched into stone before. <laughs> um, and so as a culture, we'll have, we're having to deal with that. Um, and there's, there's two separate issues there, right? There's, there's things that you said that you do regret and there's things that you just, um, <laughs> that you stand by and, and you're not going to apologize for. Um, and, and so, uh, I was, I was targeted by an Antifa group, um, as part of a, I was, it was kind of a roundup of some conservative Latter-day Saint accounts, um, on Twitter, uh, in the summer of this year. Uh, so that was early August was when I was uh, hauled into HR and had to explain, you know, all these tweets. They didn't really want the explanation. They wanted to extract the. This is your account, right? Yeah. Extra right. day JCB. That's me. I mean, I know I knew the answer. That was just like a, <laughs> the way lawyers ask questions of their own witnesses. <laughs> Isn't it true? Okay. So this is you, um, Dr. Remember John. you're under oath. <laughs> Dr. John, no, that's for cross-examination. Dr. John <laughs> Cook Bennett, you'll explain to me the phylactery part at some point. That is actually, now that I've got you, I, interesting question as someone who wears phylacteries every day. Um, you'll explain that to me, but go on. So do you so, want to do that now? Uh, yeah. So we don't forget. Okay. Yeah. Tell okay. The, so um, and, and the amazing thing is, I wonder if it was, I wonder if it was subliminal because I knew I was going to be talking to you because this morning I was thinking to myself, I hardly the word the English or the Greek word phylactery almost never comes up in, in my life because we call them to fill in. But for some reason today, and believe me, I had forgotten. Wait, I'm sure I had forgotten what your account was. I was thinking to myself, phylactery, phylactery is something that you wear out of love, out of love of God. And it has really to fill in me, it, it is more related to the concept of praise. So I was wondering about the derivation, but let me hear where you're coming from on, on the Bennett 
phylactery. <laughs> well, so my mine is actually a Dungeons and Dragons reference. <laughs> it's it's uh, so, okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's much less um, uh, spiritual than that. Uh, so so basically, um, John Cook Bennett was a like a bad guy in the early Latter Day Saint tradition, and uh, you know he he betrayed everybody, sold everybody down the river, uh, got people killed. Um, and, and the, the trend at the oh. time when I signed up on Twitter was to have your account be some historical figure, like perhaps, you know, J. Reuben Clark. Oh yeah. Um, right. and, and, uh, I didn't want to put my like bad takes in the mouth of somebody that I really respected. So I said, <laughs> so I said, what if I play the heel and I make, let's say that John Cook Bennett, um, is an undead sorcerer. And so in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> A phylactery is like where they put the shard of their soul that keeps them alive. And that's what you have to destroy to, uh, because uh, so it's very different than the, uh, than so the a Jewish. Jewish, well, in a Jewish phylactery, oh, I know, I know why, because somebody, yes, this morning, that's what it was. This morning, somebody was giving a lecture in the early morning study session, um, study group that I went to, someone mm -hmm. was giving a lecture on what is contained in the head phylactery. And he didn't say phylacteries, but that's how I got onto this subject. So the point is phylacteries do hold something. They hold, yeah. they hold little scrolls of the law in them. Um, okay, so that, that was the Bennett's, and, and, what, and Bennett is the name of Dr. John Cook Bennett. So he's like an undead wizard. That's the, the red eyes. That's what that's got about. It. Okay, it's so th it was just a fun, a fun name from your, you know, from your life and you didn't, got it, okay. Yeah. Oh, the dead eyes. That's why he looks like a ghoul with the red. Okay. Right. Right. All right. So you got swarmed by a bunch of uh, far left creeps and we said they were Antifa, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, the, the, I mean, they have some connections to some relatively powerful people, some journalists um, that, uh, that really. Are you, are you afraid to say their name or do you think I'm afraid for you to say their name? Uh, I probably would rather not. Okay. I just wanted to give you the opportunity if you wanted to. Yeah, no, no. Um, just honestly, my attitude toward all of that is I think that, people in this space, by the way, and I'm not really one of them, but people who look into this stuff, like Jack Posobiec, would have no trouble whatsoever. They, they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's fairly well known. Um, but but um, my attitude toward all of that is I felt that I looked back on, on my history of the things that I had said and um, the opportunities that I'd had, I, there were, there were so many times when I had a choice where I could either continue building this network, continue saying the things that I believed. Oh, no, or no, no, I no, could... no. I, wait, I, I think we, we, because of my interruptions, we skipped something. Oh, okay. They approached your employer. They did. Yes. Right. And the employer called um, you in. I think this is when we got into, they called you in, or maybe we didn't say, they called you in, not in order to hear your explanation, but to basically get what you get, get you to admit that you were, you know, double plus on good. I mean, what were right. we trying? Right. So the way that, the way that it is typically framed, and I won't say details about my experience, but the way that it's typically framed is, did you do anything on company time? Um, and if you are in a remote work situation during COVID, um, you are 
goofing around on your phone. <laughs> and if you're not, you're goofing around on your phone. I mean, right. it's like asking, did you call your wife? You know, and when I was a young professional, did you have phone conversations that dealt with personal business during the workday? Of course I did. <laughs> right. So, so that's, um, so that's, that's their, inevitably how, that's how that happens. Pretext. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, the, the effort was to extract, how can we make this relevant to the workplace in a way that justifies termination? And so, um, so I, I basically, you know, there are people who are saying like, oh, you should, you should fight this. And I was like, the odds that that's successful and the odds that like, I, like there's just no, there's no significant upside to that. And, and that's, that's ultimately um, how this coercive system works is they don't, they don't necessarily uh, do what would hold up. They just do it close enough that, that it's not worth fighting. And um, so they, they fired you. So they fired me. And I, um, that same morning, I, I had been getting so much support from friends and people online and people who wanted to help. And they were like, tell me how I can help you. Support for what? For your, well, for being, for, but you had, no one even knew you had been fired yet. You mean support? They knew I'd been doxxed. Okay. They knew you'd been doxxed and they knew that you had, that you were in the process of being inundated with attacks and with, and, and with this awful, creepy, nasty, you know, interplay with the world. Yeah. And, and would probably be fired. And, and, and the, the, at that point I was, I was ready to move on. I just, um, they were, they were posting pictures of my family. They're posting my home address. Like I, that was the part that I was really nervous about, like what's, what's going to happen. Um, but I thought I had, I had a similar experience with watching my friends get docs because it was a whole group of us that got rolled up and it was like one after the other over the course of weeks. And I remembered thinking like, you know, this guy's a lawyer. I don't know any like law jobs. I don't know how to help this guy. I really wish that I had some, something to give him. And um, I thought, you know, I have this network available to me where, because I was a data scientist and there was probably half a dozen angles I could take within my network to get a job. And people who were, um, outraged on my behalf at me being fired over this. Um, and I thought, instead of me just picking one path through that network, why don't I use this whole network to build something that gets people out of this situation, helps them so they don't have to be afraid like this. Um, and ultimately, the goal of, of that freedom, the, the goal of that capacity to, to escape this environment uh, is so that people can speak their minds because there's so many debates that need to happen in this country that aren't happening because having those debates is a fireable offense. And, um, and that's got to change. I mean, if, 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 if we're going to restore the constitutional order in any meaningful sense, I think you can't have half the country with a gun to their head. And not only that, right? I mean, also, if people, I mean, you, you did something extraordinary, which, I mean, I, I think you must believe that you, you're aware of that already, but 
the not only the natural inclination, but what the vast majority of people in your position would do is besides curling up into a ball, well, you're a man, you know, you're a man, but how many men today are men? Um, being very upset and distraught, you lost your job. Of course, you're a data scientist. You're not an unemployable person by any stretch of the imagination. And you're not like a, you know, a guy in, deep into middle age who, you know, all right, fine, you're employable, but you say, I'm going to have to stop doing this because in my next job, I, I, they'll get me again. Right. If people, and this is something and I, I, you know, it's one of my little theme, one of my little themelets is I understand the value of anonymity. There are many important things that are achieved by anonymity and they need to be, they need to happen. But if people don't see others standing up for what they believe in, they won't stand up either. The vast majority of people are not courageous as you are and prepared to put their money where their mouth is and to say i'm i'm going to whatever it takes to not depend on the affection of the people who hate me is what i'm going to do <laughs> what i'm not going to do is try to be something i'm not in order to please them because you, as you said before it never works it never works. yeah there's no escaping there's no you know you cannot you, you're not going to make yourself small enough to escape their anger. Um, and, and I, I would say, you know, the guys, the guys in my group, there's 130 some at this point. Um, I've been so impressed with, with their situations because they are proactively uh, moving themselves out of that situation. I was in a sense pushed into it. Now, now, before you go um, on, I want I want to seize on something that I seized on when we spoke briefly before. You said the that. guys. You said the guys. Yeah. And I said, oh, surely, surely. And you hate when I know you hate when I call you surely. But <laughs> surely you don't only mean guys. You said, hey, ding dong, you read it yourself. Exit is a fraternal organization. That means guys. Well, you explain so to me why. Yeah, so I, I I think that exit is absolutely important for women too, and and there are obviously similar coercive structures being deployed against them. But in terms of in terms of what I believe and 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 the the course that I would direct them down, it would be so different from what we're doing here that I think it 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 justifies an entirely different service, and so. And as you say that, I'm thinking to myself, what you're actually saying is something that you could get canceled for in and of itself, which right. is that men and women are not the same thing. Right. <laughs> and that their lives don't reflect the same choices and opportunities and risks. And, and, and that's not too surprising for somebody who was a traditional religionist of some of sort of or another, however yeah. latter day it might be. Um, so, yes, this is so this is a fraternal organization and they're you know, listen, there is a lot to be said. And this is something, um, obviously, men have lost the bond. This is one of, one of the examples of, of orthodox life is that there's a lot of room for male bonding. We have time when, you know, there, there's man time. And there's something evolutionary or whatever it is, he said, after saying how orthodox he was, um, <laughs> about men reinforcing each other 
emotionally and you know in, in whatever way it is so okay fine i'm not but i want to put words in your mouth so this is a fraternal organization and go on what you were saying but yes i would i would endorse all of that i think that i think that it's important to have male spaces and it's important to address um our needs differently um so yeah it's 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 the group has um i mean the caliber of guys in this group is, is just unreal. We've got, we've got guys who do reputation management. We've got guys who are, I would say probably 30% of our group is software developers of one flavor or another, another 30 or 40% is entrepreneurs. And the rest we've got law enforcement, we've got healthcare professionals, we've got corporate guys. It kind of runs the tradesmen. It kind of runs the gamut. And so we, um, the, the way that it works is if you join the group, I'm going to ask you, A, what can you contribute? And B, what do you need? Where do you want to be? And so we've got tons of software guys who are like, I want to learn how to raise chickens or I want to learn how to weld. And um, we've got trades guys who are like, you know, I want to get started on this project, but it would require, you know, um, an investment and we can talk about maybe someone can help them with that. Um, there, there's all kinds of ways that we can help each other. And I, I think in the realm of on a non online uh, discourse, it's really hard to share that information because you're, you know, you don't want to expose your private life and the things that you know, and the things that you can do to, you know, the worst people in the world. So, so speaking, you're speaking of which, yeah. I see on the um, sign up form that there's a pre screening questionnaire. Yeah. Does the pre screening include or, or, or give you tools to make sure that you're not being infiltrated? Because that's the first thing I'm thinking is that, you know, that, that's what they do. Yes. So <clears throat> my first question is what's your, um, what's your online presence like? How do I find you online? Um, so the premise then, here is that this is this is fundamentally for people who are busy online because that's how they get into this situation. Well, I mean, there, there, there actually have been a lot that have come in who are not um, and who are more concerned about a vax mandate or um, some other policy. I, I would say uh, in, ter in terms of our recent members, uh, there's more concern about vax mandates than doxing. Um, and so a lot of those guys tend not to be very online. And so when I don't have an online presence to go by, um, we do an intake call. And I actually do an intake call now with everybody. But I, I get a sense for, like, partly, partly it's a vetting thing. It's, it's to say, you know, are you the real deal? Are you, are you trying to help? Um, and, I mean, one of the good things about our situation is that our enemies are not particularly good at simulating our worldview i was about to say as i <laughs> while you were talking i was saying to myself these guys couldn't fake being any of you anyway not it, in a million years it would be challenging it would be it really would, challenging and it, and i have i've told the guys like you know i'm not doing an i'm not doing like an fbi background check on these people there, it is possible that someone's going to get in that has nefarious intent, but the purpose of this, the purpose of this group is, is practical. And so what I want 
is, is some Antifa guy to come pay me the money to get in the group. (laughs) And then they get in there and they find that we're talking about growing shrimp and we're talking about, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing nefarious about it. The truth doesn't matter. But, but what I thought you were going to say is that if what you are building succeeds, that the infiltrator should not be able to do you any harm. Right. Because whether it's from inside or outside, all they're going to do is say that you, you know, that you're bastards. And that's what you're insulating yourself against in the first place. Right. right. And then you can beat, so, him, beat him up with sticks. You know, and, and so my conversation with somebody coming into the group is always like, do not assume that this is hermetically sealed and you can say whatever crazy thing that you like. That's not the point of this group. The point of this group is to build skills to build connections, to build networks, to grow your capacity. No, and so it's, no, not, it's not about um, being an ideologue. And I assume it's not about insurrection right. or, or re- re- rebellion, uh, because you know, inevitably when men in particular get together, and usually conservative men, because I think only conservative men are allowed to get together as men, right. um, it takes no time for them to be labeled as, a, you know, a, some kind of insurrectionist cell. Yeah. And um, in fact, I guess you have to worry more about the FBI. Again, you're not doing anything illegal <laughs> than an actual Antifa. Um, because, I mean, it, I'm sure you saw some of those memes. You follow me, so you saw me retweet them. <laughs> Just, you know, those painfully obvious Fibbies, you know, of attending yeah. these patriot rallies, you know, with their nuts <laughs> and their, you know, I, you know, hello, fellow young people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, again, like the conversations that we have are, it's very warm. It's a very, it's a very positive Kevin, environment. There's like, you don't even have two hundred guys, right, at this point. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on one thirty. Coming up on one thirty. So you seem to be pretty happy with what you've accomplished so far for each other, but it, that's a really small number. Now, now I want to tell you, I used to lecture for, for a Princeton university alumni mm-hmm. on the topic of networking, not on social networking, because this was really before social networking. Right. Um, it's a long story how I got to do this, but you know, as I thought into it, and I drew upon what I had been taught, one of the things that I observed, and and this actually is something I saw more and more of as social networking came online, was the bigger the network, the less sticky the relationships. Yes. And my observation had been that among Ivy Leaguers, and I know you've got an article on on the Ivy League, but we're talking the old days here, okay? Princeton had a reputation for being uniquely loyal, but alumni would do anything for each other. And mm-hmm. in a way that you would not say about Harvard. And it occurred to me that the reason for that was probably that Princeton was powerful enough to have influential and confident alumni who would help each other out, but still not, it's much smaller than Harvard mm. and it's focused on undergraduates. So what, what I realized was on the one hand, the more reach your network has, the more sort of horsepower it has, but the less emotional or other attachment you have to help out the other guy. 
having said that, you're going to need a lot more than 130 or, or even 200 guys. I mean, you wouldn't have asked me to talk to you about this on the podcast if your goal was to have, you know, get another 50 guys. You, I, obviously, I think I assume that you'd like to see some sort of membership growth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, there's probably a limit to how big we can let it get. And um, honestly, I, I, I probably will eventually start raising the price. Uh, and, so let's let's um, talk about that because this was what yeah. struck me. The 67 bucks a month. Yeah. That has got to be part of the reason that you're where you are now, because something like this, I, I don't expect. In fact, if you would have told me, I mean, I'm glad to look, it's not $250 a month and it's not even a hundred dollars a month. Right. I can't tell you, I'm sure you've been approached by friends who are offering you this great opportunity to join this terrific networking group that meets once a month on Tuesdays in the city. And, and it's, you know, there's an initiation fee, but maybe they'll waive the initiation fee, but it's $500 a month. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a Ponzi scheme. Um, $67 a month is not a lot of money, all things being equal, but I, I'm surprised you don't say join for three months or join for a month even, see the value. Now I understand zeros, no speed bumps are have a, a negative side also because then people sign up and it's not meaningful to them. Right. But $67 a month is, you know, for most people, that's, that's real money. So, yeah, I, you know, you, you still, you still think that given what's on the website now, there's enough on there to give people a decision. Oh, Dr. Bennett interviews doers and thinkers. I should, why aren't you interviewing me? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'd love to interview you. I might not be a we'll doer. Do that sometime. Yeah. Anytime you want. Um, <laughs> as, as, as Jeremy knows, my producer, I don't really have anything to do. Um, <laughs> so, but, but, but you, you, you're a data scientist. So you've obviously, yeah. you might, may not be an economics professional, but you understand how numbers work and how incentives work. Sure. This, you, you, you figure this is the number. Well, so I, I actually, um, I actually think it's low um, because we are, we are correct bringing in sales answer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm being real though. Like we're bringing oh, yeah. in, we're bringing in people at a rate that um, is challenging just from an intake perspective. That's great. And, yeah. It's awesome. And, and so, um, so the, the rate I think eventually will have to go up just so that I can accommodate the group before we start talking about, you know, potentially um, creating like a franchise or something, you know what I'm saying? Like for it or to hire, scale beyond hiring, me. Hiring staff or something or-, or Right, or, right. An administrator or whatever, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so at this point, um, I like the level of personal touch. I like the fact that the guys can know each other and pretty much know everybody in the group. Um, I, uh, I think that- I think that opening it up for free would to some extent dilute. And, and, and my guys have told me this, they've said like, I like that this is a little bit of a steep curve to jump into. One of my guys said, I haven't met a single idiot here. 
And, <laughs> and it's because, you know, they, they, they pay their dues and then they have to go through me and them have to have a conversation and they have to be willing to, you know, uh, uh, show some, some, some will, some interest, some thumos about this. When did you and, start? Huh? When did, when did you start? August. So it's grown relatively quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's really not so shabby. Uh, you know, August and, um, so you're still kind of feeling things, things out, you know, with, with the guys. And I mean, certainly at this stage, there's also a lot to be said for staying small and manageable because you still have to kind of see how things, so what I'm curious to see, and this is what, this is what, in other words, how did I find out what the price was? Because I said, okay, what if I would jump in and join? Come on. Maybe I don't want to give you $67. <laughs> I just gave you all my money it. to Jeremy. You won't regret it. Well, I'm sure I, I'm sure I wouldn't. And I, and, and I'm sure, and I would be happy to see one of the good things about networks is that with you can, you can link networks. Yes, you can. And I'm a really networked guy. To tell you <laughs> um, other people are good at making money. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good at making friends um, and then losing them by having right wing views. Um, and so what do we say when we hear that? They weren't really your <laughs> right. right. So I'm looking at, so. I'm you know what though, about, can I say, yeah. can I say, I think it's changing a little bit I, I, because really? I have I'd like to hear that. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of friends who are of different uh, races and religions and political views. I'm sure you, I'm sure you do. And, and I would say, I've had one person reach out to me and be like, you know, this is unacceptable. We're not friends anymore. I've had one friend who was a dear friend who hasn't reached out to me since this happened. Other than that, everybody that I've spoken to has been like, I can't believe this happened to you. This is horrendous. What can we do? How can we help? It's been very, it's been very, and, and people that I was a little surprised by. Um, well, when I come on your podcast, I'll tell you my very different experience. Yeah. I, okay. I, but I, just, I don't want to clog up this, this with, because now that I realize I'm going to have that awesome opportunity, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to talk less, even, even less, if you can imagine, about myself. <laughs> uh, so, because so, kind of what I was curious about, and that's why I was poking around so much on the site, yeah. besides, besides the fact that I just can't stop myself from poking around on websites is that I was curious what, like what the UI was like in order to, in order to get a sense of how you guys interact. So here I see there's your podcast. Is the podcast available through the um, usual networks or you're staying away from that because that's part of your strategy of not being dependent on the, you know, the usual networks and distribution distribution systems. Well, it's syndicated. So you can get it, it on Spotify, you can get it on oh, you Pandora, can. you can get it on Google. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Okay. That's good. So, and here are your testimonials, but the point is you, you can't get, I mean, you can't get a sense from looking at this, what the, what, what the interaction looks like is, is well, that's a good note. And maybe I'll update the, uh, the copy yeah, there, but um, so, so maybe a couple screenshots even. Yeah. So the way that it works is we have a group chat on Slack that's always on and people are constantly um, oh, interacting on that basis. Mm -hmm. We have a weekly group call on Tuesday nights 
And that's where we do our hot seat calls. If somebody's in trouble, if they're up against a doxing or a vax mandate, or they just have a business problem. Our last one was just a guy who was like, you know, I do financial advising and real estate and all this stuff. And I'm not really sure what direction I want to go. And we actually were able to get the guys together to kind of crystallize that for him and, and, and create a better plan. So, um, are your, are your members from all over the country or are they concentrated in any particular all over part the world. of the country? All over the, all world. Over the world. So, um, we have a couple of Aussies. We have some folks in China. We have maybe half a dozen in Europe and then the rest is scattered across. We have a cluster in Utah, Arizona, DC, California. There's a bunch. Um, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty good mix of guys with, with very different backgrounds, which is great because, um, everybody is there. Well, almost everybody is there because they want to be doing something different. And so, um, if it was all that type of guy, if it was all software developers, then, you know, they wouldn't be able to get out if they wanted to get out. So, um, so it takes all kinds and it's, and it's a really good, uh, it's a really good bunch. Um, have you had were. any, gotten any support? I assume that you don't have members who, um, whose names I would know. No, I assume it correctly. Um, you kind of know who I know, you know, you know, I don't think that I should divulge, but yes, we do have members that you would know. So there's a famous, I say famous because I really know it well and remember it, but I think it is famous. There was a famous episode of the old Bob Newhart show from the seventies where he's on some sort of local talk show and they're asking him about being a psychologist. And at one point he says, he lets slip the fact that he, his clients or patients even include an elected official mm -hmm. and his whole world blows up because in those days it was such a thing who is the elected official who is getting a who's seeing a psychologist <laughs> and finally some guy steps forward and admits that it was that he's the guy and he he takes the pressure off bob and everyone goes home then he turns to emily and says you know that wasn't him right <laughs> <laughs> It was not, he's not the guy. So, you know, I, I, I don't want, I don't think we want to cause that kind of sensation, but the only reason I ask is whether you've gotten any support or any, if you've been noticed by anyone. Well, influential. so probably, probably the biggest bump that we got was I was on the Tom Woods show back in um, September, mid September timeframe. Right. You sent and, me that uh, link. Of course I didn't. He was, click. Sorry, go ahead. You sent me that link, which of course I didn't click thinking oh. <laughs> I, would, I would do so well before we spoke. Well, he was very, very gracious and, and very supportive. And, um, and we had a lot of people come in from there. Oh. Um, and then, you know, a couple of guys in the group and the, the guys in the group who are, who are people you would have heard of are generally there mostly to support and to be like there are a lot of guys who are just in the group to help other people and they want a community and they want to, they want a mentor. Um, and we're really grateful for those guys. And so like, it's not that everybody is like, I hate my job. <laughs> um, they but, just think this might be a nice bunch of guys for me to get to know. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and people it really used to join a, lodges and become masons and yeah, the masons of course are controlling the whole world. I know, but I mean, sure regular guys who became water buffaloes and, and masons. And, and I, 
I purposely did not say Buffalo because I do not believe the plural of members of Fred Flintstone's Lodge is Buffalo. Um, water you. <laughs> and, you know, but that, like that's how people used to get together. Now we become so uh, alienated from each other. And COVID, I don't want to, I don't believe COVID was a plot, but if it were a plot, uh, it would be one of its goals surely would have been to unravel the social fabric of people knowing each other and getting together and having things yeah. to do with each other in the real world. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's ultimately when, when people express to me what the group means to them, it's mostly about like, yes, I got, I got good ideas. I got moved in the right direction. I made connections that helped me professionally. Um, but a lot of these guys, it's, they want, they want someone to be on their side. And we, we had, we had one call where a guy was concerned about being doxxed. He, he found out that his tweets were being archived and he was in a very uh, sensitive position where it would have been a real problem. And, um, what he told me was just that knowing that he was not alone, because in his professional situation, he was entirely, he was the only guy who was not drinking the Kool-Aid. And um, his professional network was entirely composed of those people. And so just to have people in a room trying to help him, trying to help, trying to move his life forward in a positive way, who knew all this stuff about him, and he didn't have to lie and, and, and pretend and be fake, um, was very powerful to him. This is fascinating. I'm really glad you contacted me and urged me. And, and clearly getting to know you, it wasn't about your wish to become Twitter famous, uh, you know, <laughs> which is the best I can offer pretty much. Um, you know, you're, you're obviously idealistic and uh, I think you are courageous. I, I, I think this is absolutely fascinating. And I think what you're saying, first of all, I found it very touching, um, you know, and it, you know, it, it raises a lot of questions in terms of how we are reacting and how we might react and how we should react. You know, I, as you know, a lot of people in, in technology are looking at ways to decentralize social networking so that you can pick up your data and go. Yes. If you, you know, and you're not at the liberty of any particular, um, you know, platform. And, I, you know, it's curious to kind of, it's interesting to think about how that might work, but. We have guys more, working those projects in, in the group. So yeah, we're definitely. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of a few of them myself. So not, of your, not necessarily ones in your group, but when, pr projects like that, I think, um, You've given me reason to pay, continue to pay special attention to what you're doing. Um, it doesn't have its own Twitter account, right? It, it does. Has, oh, it Exit does. Exit underscore org. Oh, see, good thing I asked. <laughs> Twitter. I can exit, not extra dead. Exit underscore. underscore That's not bad. Yeah, That's not right, because who would think of namings like that you were able to get that because it's cool. <laughs> exit bing yeah so that's now, got 
every time we do a podcast that's on there and then uh relevant news cool i'm gonna keep an eye on you just what you were trying to avoid (laughs) 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 thanks for coming on wonderful to talk to you thanks so much great a happy uh holiday season and a happy new year (laughs) and we'll talk i know we will we'll talk soon because we're going to arrange for my interview on your podcast absolutely all right have a good one so long hey thank you for listening to the coleman nation podcast don't forget to subscribe on apple podcasts or your favorite podcast app if you like the show please rate it five stars and leave a review for more information please visit the show's website at coleman-nation.com that's coleman-nation.com or you can visit my blog at likelihoodofconfusion.com join us next time on the Coleman Nation podcast and have a great day.